I just had the craziest poop ever. I don't want to hear about it. Not even a little bit. <laughs> All right. Jonathan, how are you, man? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. We're trying to sell our house, so... Really? My, Yeah, we're trying to move out to, like, Richmond-Rosenberg. Oh. Just get some space from the city. And uh, so it's been on the market for, like, I don't know, two months, and it's just been slow. But every now and then, like, the wife and kids will go down to Bay City with my in-laws, so I'm home alone. And it's just a sad, lonely existence. Going going to bed at nine o'clock. I'm usually in bed like peacefully by this point. So when you guys were like, "Oh yeah, nine thirty, I'm like, "Okay, I'll stay up." <laughs> it's <laughs> all, a all it's a sad and lonely. It's a <laughs> yeah. It's a sad and lonely existence, but also kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did get to go see a movie by myself today, so I'm not really complaining. <laughs> you could go to bed and be an adult and stuff and responsible, or. Or I can play PlayStation until two in the morning. (laughs) And perpetually put off being, doing the things that you should do. (laughs) What's laundry? (laughs) I'm sorry, honey. I couldn't do laundry. I had a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've used that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen Aaron for like 30 minutes today. That's pretty much been it. Like, well, I was like home, came home. I, I had to give a talk out in the middle of nowhere. Drove back, said hi, used the facilities, and here I am. Well, let's be honest. I think she kind of won out on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> no, she didn't. We're in an apartment that doesn't have a fan because it's very, very old. That doesn't oh, have a f- Oh, from your pooping experience. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> the worst. Ugh. That is yep. the worst. Let's 2018, you- man. Come on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just enjoying my exposed pipe and hardwood floors. Pardon me. <laughs> it's laminate. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, laminate oh. jokes. I like that. <laughs> Words I never knew until I became a suburban dad. <laughs> Where's that at? Is that real word? Is that a laminate? Is that a laminate? What's What about a linoleum? You got some linoleum? I hear that's cheap. Wait, so you guys don't sleep in bunk beds anymore is what you're saying. <laughs> Only when the kids are scared. <laughs> every night. Every They're scared every night. Damn night. <laughs> Oddly enough, I still sleep on a couch more often than I thought I would. <laughs> oh, yeah, marriage bro. life. Treat you well, Luke. Oh, dude, that's the other thing. So, like, five minutes into the movie today, I was like, uh, I was... I remember we were texting the other day and I said like, Oh, I can't go see a superhero movie without my kids going. But five minutes into seeing it by myself, I was like, what a terrible dad move to take my kids to see this movie. It's so the first, the first 10 minutes are the most intense and violent minutes. They're stepping over dead bodies. I know. Like I got to tell my six and four year old, don't worry. He's not really choked the life out of that guy. <laughs> Don't worry, his gray skin and blood mean nothing. <laughs> like, oh my god! No wonder my kids were having nightmares for the past three days. <laughs> the wonders of CGI, kids. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, I'm just, I'm terrible. Yeah, I there was a, a much so the first night I saw it, uh, we went to one of those like fancy places, and uh, there weren't any kids there. Night two, very different story. Mm. Uh, a there was a, there there was even a 
toddler that had to be carried out screaming and crying. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I went. That was us. That was us premiere night. <laughs> nice. I kept the uh, the Gormley tradition alive, where every single year an Infinity Wars movie has come out. I've taken the day off of work, so I took my boy <laughs> in at nine a.m. At noon, because I had to work uh, half the, all evening on Saturday and all morning on Sunday. So I was like, you know what? I'm taking a half day today. And <laughs> right at like 1130, I hopped in my car, met my wife at the movie theater. We got a homeschooler to watch our kids. And we enjoyed ourselves some Infinity War. It was perfect because uh, I we had seats right in the middle of the theater. And it was the Perfect. XD screen, so it's 2D oh, yeah. like a gentleman and uh, <laughs> nice and loud. At one point, at one nice. point when uh, Groot, adolescent Groot, is playing the Defenders video game, he's off to the side, and I literally thought someone's cell phone was going off, and I was like, <laughs> bah! oh, that's the 11.1 surround sound deliciousness. <laughs> you got me good, XD guy. You got me good. So, Gomer, you're also the only guy I know that, like, well, Okay, so the first, the first Avengers we went and saw, I accidentally was it Avengers. I told you guys the wrong theater, and you showed up <laughs> and missed like the big like, the big scene where they're all jumping in. No, that was the second one. You guys showed up to the wrong one. We went and saw another one, and we went to Red Robin before, and like you and Blaze had like a gigantic burger and beer before, and I just was like in awe because that would have put me right to sleep, but you guys were like <laughs> wide awake the entire time. Jonathan, here's what here's what you do. <laughs> yeah blaze thoughts after a movie <laughs> no man i loved i love my experience this time around because i get to go with shannon and in preparation for this you know we've done this podcast where we've done all the marvel movies from phase one two and three mm-hmm. and i couldn't remember them all so i had to re-watch them all so literally every week i was watching six marvel movies and my wife loves them, so she joined me for most of them. And oh, that's awesome. And every so often when it, when it was coming close to the date, I was like, well, kids, we're having like three movie nights in a row. Hope you don't have <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be very honest. The best part of all of this is the is the tax is the tax write-off I'm going to do if we're going to the very expensive theater. Because it was a work expense. Wait, is that is that a thing we can do? I didn't know that. It is now. It is now. Yeah. Hey, I, Jonathan, do me a, do that. Jonathan, do me a favor and talk about a door for like a minute. What do you do with the door? Uh, what do I do? Um, well, I'm the president now. So I'm oh, in charge. There you go. <laughs> a lot <Yeah>. of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do I, I do? I run <laughs> everything. <laughs> Settle down, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like right now. So yeah, it's a newly, it's a new transition, and and he's kind of taking a different role with taking on special projects, and you know, I mean, he's nice. he's any, so he's got all these relationships that are mm-hmm. so important, and he's good at what he does. Um, but there's like a day to day aspect. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm doing like the presidential overseeing, like how we're, we're moving forward and health and growth of everyone and mission. So right now it's particularly frustrating because we have like an awesome staff. I mean, our staff is just, they're amazing. And these, these people are giving their lives for it. But then I'm getting like calls from other parishes of like, Hey, we want you to come and do youth ministry or young adult ministry. And, and I, I'm like, we don't have anyone, <laughs> you know, so I, the, the burden of leadership is, is definitely like, uh, greater than I would have thought, but it's awesome, man. I mm-hmm. love it. And in time, you will know what it's like to lose. 
feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. God's working in a great way, you know, in our missions, and, and we're really thriving right now. And it's been cool because uh, I'm definitely not your typical president of a company. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> Do you still have the chin the uh uh do you still have the chin beard or the isis beard right now uh no i'm doing like a i'm doing a uh sam wilson falcon beard so nice. it's a, it's, nice. it's close it's not big it's not steve rogers mm. and it's not the soul soul patch flavor saver I apologize. That was not as hilarious as I thought it was in my head. So. That was very offensive. It was very offensive. As a guy who often gets confused as being of uh, Muslim descent because of my nose, um, I'm very offended. Do you, do you remember at a? Uh, it was like it was like someone's wedding. I don't really care who. Um, I like I like hadn't seen you in like five years. And I just I walked up to you and I was like, "Did you join Mumford and Sons?" <laughs> it was Jaeger's wedding. I think. That's right. <laughs> Because my beard was ridiculous. Mm. It was beautiful. Uh, to say. It was beautiful okay. is what it was. It was beautiful. So, uh, Wait, hold on. I just wanted to say, oh. Jonathan, the reason oh, why sorry. you said that, the reason why this matters is now what we're doing is a part of your job. So now you can take it as a work expense. There we go. Oh, hey, I'm totally. Hey, I'm down with that, man. That's that's great. And I get to like talk to my friends and the only people apparently in my circle that care about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think you need new friends. A president yeah. deserves to surround himself with sycophants <laughs> who like all the things he likes. I need a BlackBerry. I need <laughs> I need special detail covering my house. <laughs> I need a pretentious need haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got that. I've got that. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Uh, I was no, like, Jonathan, do you have no. a pretentious haircut now? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely got How that. How tight is the side of your head, right? It's, it is high and tight, my friend. Uh, <laughs> let's, just say, let's just say that. Every time I still, um, I have this, like, discipleship group of guys that, I, that like, I'm, like, walking with, and we're almost done with the Eula stuff that's complex extension press. Mm-hmm. And and every time that they have like any on screen, and he's on go, it, yeah. what if Jonathan's hair is like that right right now? <laughs> well, we go to the same barber, so you're 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 shooting down the right <laughs> lane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to do that with like 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 all the love and like admiration in the, the world for what you are doing. But. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, make up for it however you feel. It's gonna ease your conscience. But <laughs> good, good. <laughs> we are like thirty minutes into this, and we're just crapping yeah. on Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, 10 minutes, dude. Come on. 10 minutes. Don't give yourself that much credit. 10 oh, minutes. Good, good. <laughs> well, split the difference. 14 minutes. Um, yeah. So okay. let's start. Let's start. Let's do this review. Let's do it. Our fans deserve a wonderful review. Now, Luke's two major predictions that shamed me were um, Thanos' ship was the one at the end of Ragnarok because it wasn't like explicit. And I was like, oh, I thought the Dark Aster from Ronin ship was more ominous. And then the whole movie starts <laughs> with this shit just getting blown <laughs> up. And I was like, oh, damn. I was talking with this guy and he goes, you know, I, I'm really excited to see it tonight. Um, I said, well, what do you think? How do you think it's going to start? And he goes, I don't know, but. I really hope it starts right at the last second where Ragnarok ended, and it's just Thanos' ship just pummeling the Asgardians, and he, like, kills them all. And I was like, oh. Oh. 
seems like that was That's pretty the, obvious to everyone but me. Okay. You know what's funny? Also dark, when, though. Also dark. Yeah, yeah oh, true, so true. dark. Um, when that came on the screen, my first thought was, suck it, Gormley. <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, Luke is going to make me suck it. <laughs> uh, oh well, it's a, <laughs> well, I guess it's a win-win for me. <laughs> Shit. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, guys. Fourteen. Four, fourteen minutes in. Fourteen minutes. In. You know it's bad with Jonathan Alexander's calling you out for something. Yeah. Well, I have to take on this presidential role. It's very confusing for me. <laughs> it's very stressful. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I'm in transition, guys. Okay. Yeah. It's super difficult. Yeah, I'm transitioning right now. Okay, we should edit all. We will. We will. Dread it. Run from it. Oh, my second prediction that I totally got wrong. So the only two predictions that I really thought of was that it wasn't going to be Thanos' ship. I thought maybe it would be a henchman of his, um, one of the the Dark Order, whatever they call the Black Order. Um, and my last prediction was I thought he would have to do something to get the last stone. And either it would end with him getting the last stone or, like, he only had one more stone to get at the end of that movie. Because I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, like, you kind of went ended on a hopeful-ish ending. Like, the typical Hollywood thing is... Well, we've won the battle, but the war is still going, and that's why we're going to hop over to Avengers 4. But, man, they went full Empire Strikes Back, and you were right. It ended with the snap of the finger and half the universe's population dying immediately. Whoa. Uh, so spoilers, if you haven't seen it. Oh, no. The whole thing. I'm going to do a whole intro yeah. with a spoiler. This is a whole um, deal. And then uh, the other thing that I got right was was that was um, that Loki died. And, uh, oh, yeah. So quickly. Hold on the old heartstrings. That's, well, it's kind of yeah. unceremonious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Anyways, um, so, okay, so let's do this, unless you had a better idea. Gilmore. Nope. You, you have an idea? Okay, so my thought was let's do overall first, like, uh, like first, like, impressions, uh, what you thought, and then we'll kind of go into, like, hey, um, let me, let me, let me think, because, like, what what I want to do is kind of avoid what um, Hans Erwin Balthasar talks talks about when when and he says an art has to wear the mask of technique. Uh, so not to like get real deep into like in the special effects, although I think we should because I think it's just kind of like a first thing. Um, but really, kind of get more to like the heart of like what is this film about and like how and how it, it hit us and what was the our experience of this of this film. So let's just do like our first kind of initial thoughts, and then we'll just kind of go into like what was the story kind of being told here, and then uh, well, like, and then we'll just kind of like see how it goes. Okay, does that sound good? Yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, what was your first thought, Jonathan? Uh, like walking out of the theater, I, I looked at Sarah and I was like, what, what? <laughs> like, I think we both looked at each other. Like, there's no way that's like, and, and we were hoping that the end credits would tease some sort of hopeful thing, which, uh, yeah, I guess you're doing a spoiler thing. Like it kind of does, but it's still really like, that's probably the darkest movie they've ever made. I, I think. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, my second thought after that was, you know, the criticism of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the longest time has been, number one, a uh, uh, underperforming villain. And number two, a lack of real stakes. But upon watching it and hearing Thor talk, and it's kind of like in a joking manner when he's talking to Rabbit <laughs> in, and <laughs> yeah, they're headed totally. to Nidalee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've lost my mother. I've lost my father. I've lost my best friend. And he's like, what else could I lose? All of a sudden, it like 
it starts to stack up. And so I think it's a, a matter of um, perspective. Like we've been watching movies independently over the past 10 years saying there's not really any stakes. There's not really any stakes. But for the characters in the movie, there's a ton of stakes. That's and it's a great all, point. It, it's all connecting in this moment. And I and it was powerful to come from Thor, especially af, after Ragnarok, where he's, you know, he's kind of like a joker throughout the whole movie. It's a little serious, but he's bringing like the emotional heaviness into that. And you're like, oh, my gosh wait a second, like all of these characters have lost someone. I mean, Steve, Steve Rogers lost Bucky in the first film, you know, Iron Man lost his mentor in Obadiah Stone. Um, Dr. Strange in a sense had to give up the love. Of, uh, everyone has lost something and it didn't really connect until they're all facing something that they can't beat because every, and, and that's coincidentally what I loved about the movie is that it ends on a note where like the Avengers lose, you know, like, every movie is ended with like a, a bow tie, like, Hey man, everything's fine. And, and maybe the, the, like someone was saying, just now like Gomer was saying the battle is still going, but like the war is still going, but the battle was won. Well, you know, you lost both. And Steve Rogers says it right at the end there. And I love it because it kind of goes silent. Like he has the last line in the movie, I think where, mm-hmm. um, uh, war machine says what's going on. And Steve Rogers just like the whole movie, he looks off. Like he just looks yeah. weathered. And he just goes, uh, oh, my God. And he falls to his knees. And then it's, like, silent. And it's just Thanos. You know? Um, so it's, like, oh, my God. Like, they didn't win. <laughs> they, yeah. they, lo- they lost. Like, this is the and, worst thing that could possibly happen. And after 10 years, and Thanos says it in the beginning of the movie. Like, you don't know what it's like to lose. Like, he, he spoils it in the first 10 minutes. You don't know what it's like to lose, especially when you think you're right. They think they're right. And they lost anyways. And you yeah. have to feel that weight for at least a year. Uh, it's it's heavy, man. I mean, yeah. like, it's it's heavy. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. That is interesting. The first words uttered in the movie is from Thanos. Well, I mean, technically it's from the Asgardians calling for help. But he delivers kind of that monologue to Thor, like, I know what it's like to lose. Your legs turn to jelly, you know, you, all yeah. that stuff. And that's when it hits <laughs> Captain America at the very end of the movie. I like that. Nice. And that's how you walk out of the theater. You're like, my legs are kind of jelly. Like that was an experience. Like, you know, I mean, it's definitely more to to get the full weight of it. You had to have watched every MCU movie. Yep. If you walk into it for the first time, like it's not going to hit you as hard. But if you've watched everything and you followed along and you've been in spoilers and discussions, it's like they flipped it upside down, which is amazing for them. I mean, that's a that's a feat like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't the Russo do brothers did not disappoint. Yeah. Luke, what were your first thoughts? Um, so, you know, it's very weird when I go and watch these films because I'm so invested in this. Like, again, uh, I'm not as into the comics as you are, but I just really I'm invested in these films. And anytime I see a film, especially on this scale, there's an element of I just want to make sure it doesn't suck because it's always my fear. Like, I think that the prequels have scarred me. So I just want to see like what happens and please don't suck. And so there's when I walked away from this, it was so interesting. Um, I've never had an experience like that in a film where I was just at a loss. And, 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 um, and let me just, just explain what, I, what I mean by that. Um, we are of the weird age where we're old enough to, remember what star Wars was without the prequels or any of like the big, big stuff, the like yeah. the huge backstory and all those things. 
but we were really too young to experience that firsthand. Hmm. I don't ever remember not knowing that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad. Yeah, yeah. I never had that big like reveal. And in this, even though you could say it's not as big of a reveal as that, I have a feeling that when everyone dies at the end, and when and like having to see this film for the first time, that experience is probably one of the most one of the most unique experiences I'm ever going to have with a tentpole like movie like this. Yeah. yeah. Because there was just a oh my oh my oh my gosh like just, just <laughs> like they did it you know like they oh my gosh and I don't think anything's ever going to match what I felt the first time that I watched this from start from the from the beginning until the end. Uh, it's not a it's n- not a perfect movie by any stretch. I think I give it about an A minus, um, perhaps even a very high B plus. Um, but it is it is an experience, and I think it's one that probably the more I chew on it, the more I'm going to like it. So, and I agree with everything that you just that you said as well, Jonathan. You took it. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Hey, that's what I'm good for. You can feel this is a two-part saga, but they yeah. ended it. But but here's the deal. They didn't end it, I feel like, in a fake two-part saga way. They The movie ended. And it ended in a way that is not a typical Hollywood ending. Like, to me, the Empire Strikes Back ending is a brave ending. Because you can execute that poorly and just leave everyone pissed. But the thing is, you're playing with people's expectations. Because they expect you to have this... Well, we just won the battle, but the greater war is looming ahead of us. Like, um, think of the two towers in the Lord of the Rings movies. You knew that it told one epic tale, but it had these three distinct stories that were going to be told in the movies, and then the last movie with 57 endings. But when the, the two towers came, you knew it was, like, they had to give you a resolution as well as prop up the next movie. But this one did the, I think, which is a... a a more bold approach, which is to leave you with like the hopeless ending. Like, well, Spider-Man's just a kid and now he's dead. <laughs> like all the, all the things, you know, cause they really drug out his death scene for all, for all the tears they could get. And that, that was a scene that actually a lot of people said made them cry. So, um, but you heard about that though, right? Like Tom Holland improvised that whole death scene. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So my yeah my my whole I think that's awesome my whole thing with that is the experience of this movie like you were talking about like the notion of I mean ten years worth of films are culminating in these two major films right and the fact that Thanos snapped his fingers at the end and wiped out half the universe um, I think was something that I didn't expect to happen. I hope that it would happen because I read the Infinity Gauntlet comics and all that stuff. But I felt like um, it it did not rub me the wrong way when I left. You leave feeling like empty. But I think the movie executed that as uh, amazingly well. They played on our expectations. You know, oh, we're going to, you know, the good guys are going to come back at the last moment. uh, But there's still, you know, still a lot further to go. And it's like, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, Captain America has this huge scene where he's preventing his fingers from being closed with the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And that's where I thought something was going to happen because Thanos looks at him and is kind of shocked. And then he just pulled yeah. his arm down and punched him with his other hand. And, and he just dropped him like a sack of potatoes. And I was like, oh, there's that. Okay. Which is so funny. We've, 
we've never seen that. Like, we've never seen Captain America basically just get knocked out like that. Yeah. But so can I uh, like I want to ask, oh, you know, people that know the history of the MCU. Um, did did they pull a trick on us in all this? Because when when Thanos after I so I saw it again today, right? Like in in a hyper attentive to like the details because i'm just trying to figure out how this makes sense <laughs> you mm-hmm. know um okay so number one thanos starts out the movie by saying you, you don't know what it's like to lose number two strange goes into the future sees only one possible outcome number three strange says now we're in the end game and then right before strange disappears into ash he says i'm sorry tony it was the only way but right before that thanos says to tony I hope they remember you. So when Captain America grabs the gauntlet and he's holding Thanos back and Thanos is surprised, like, did, are they, are they tricking us? Like the people that survived at the end of this movie, is it just a reality stone trick? And really those people are the people that didn't survive. And that's why Dr. Strange is apologizing to Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is really in like some other pocket universe and all the people that we think lived and we think died, it's the inverse. Um, because he did that earlier when the Guardians go to nowhere and Gamora, like, he acts like he died, you know? Mm. Because it, it ends with Thanos. And, dude, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe the stones have something to do with it. But he took an axe to the chest and he seems okay. The gauntlet's still messed up at the end of the movie. Yeah, but, but still usable because he, he teleports still, himself out of there. Still usable yeah. and and his arm the, is are, messed up too. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, it, it's like going up his yeah. like almost up to his face. So, are the people that we think are dead are they really alive? And the people we think alive are really dead. I was I was not expecting that. For me, I think it all hinges on two stones, right? It's the time stone, yeah. or the soul. And I think what may happen is everyone gets pulled into the soul dimension and into the soul stone itself. And then maybe, you know, in the next movie, they release all the happy little people back into the thing or the, this is the thing that I hope doesn't happen. The time gem is activated and, you know, they wind back time and then prevent, Mm -hmm. I don't know, something like that from happening. But like the, the Loki death, Heimdall, Gamora, like those were significant deaths. And I I think they're all dead. I think that's for sure. Like they have to be dead. Only only the people that turn to ashes are the people that are yeah come back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I so I think um I think it's a very interesting idea, Jonathan. I don't know if I completely would uh buy into it just because um I guess I'd go back to Spider Man's death. Like he knows that he's dying. Like there's something going on. Where well, and, I th- and he could I think just, his his death is like prolonged because he has like the spider sense, so he he feels it coming on. Like, oh, I feel yeah. funny. Yeah. I think that's this crazy thing called puberty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> hair in weird places. Yeah. yeah. No, I. I <laughs> it's weird, but and like I don't want to like overcomplicate it, but they they created no. an yeah. overcomplicated thing. You know. I I think what's going on there is so, I, and this is the thing. So like here's. I mean, the kind of the quote unquote elephant in the, the room that uh, I definitely want to talk about. Are they really dead? Everyone at the end of the film, are they really dead? So I would say that they are. But here's the caveat that I would add to that. I think you're right. Like uh, when, uh, when you talked earlier, 
Jonathan, you you had mentioned the experience of these of like these characters. As far as these characters are concerned, right now, as far as we know, they are dead. Like the characters don't know that Black Panther has a sequel that's being that's you know being planned right now. That, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. Spider Man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, T'Challa knows because he's awesome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, how how awesome um was it when they said oh uh, when they when they were doing all of the chants on oh, Wakanda? Dude, I I could fully immerse myself in the world of Wakanda for like ten years. If that's all they did, I could do that. It's amazing. I absolutely crossed my arms during that. Um, <laughs> I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare nerd shame me. Don't you dare nerd shame me. It's the dark, so I feel okay doing this, even though I'm white. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, so here's what I would add. So I definitely think it's not, so all, so like people in the Marvel camp talk about how like anyone could die in this film. And I think that that's true. I think, I mean, you, they, they were willing to kill off. I think that's seen in, Gamora like she's the one character that I think uh, that we were surprised to see die who's probably actually going to stay dead so she's kind of like the weight of these films if that makes not, sense not Loki you don't think Loki I think um, I would agree but his arc is done hers yeah was for sure or, or, yeah. or hers has a potential tragic ending yeah and it could keep going yeah. we're like when he when he's on the spaceship with thor at the end of the, at the like like ragnarok and thor he throws the thing at him and he catches it to show that yeah. he's there that he's with thor like that's the end of like that's their their relationship has been like healed which i think you do see at the beginning of this film which was, was awesome when he says we have a hulk like he's yeah. a, like he's a good guy for all intents and purposes in that spot He's a good guy. Well, yeah, and he looks at Thor and he says, "I'm Odin's son." But I was more I was more surprised by Gamora dying because uh it it, it seemed to me that like it, it was like Loki's time is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. But Gamora is still... yeah. You th- you feel like Gamora has a lot more left on that franchise. Well, I was surprised. I was surprised more at how much she cried when she thought she killed Thanos yeah, than when Loki me. died. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's really heartbroken about this." Like, she there is a certain level of, which is again a testament to the writers. Like, mm-hmm. there's a certain level of like affinity, even though there's a certain level of like hatred. <laughs> well, and, I mean, yeah, that no, I would agree, and like, and I think it's it's a it's a really great mix of the writing because you do because you uh it's of uh, it's the writing and the acting because how he responds to her death is really quite moving saying why you yeah you know and it's kind of like oh oh this oh, is and, and then he sees nebula and he's and she's like you killed gamora and he's like i would have rather it had been you or whatever he says to her when they're fighting yeah. on titan yeah um one thing that that i just want to add is i i think when all the characters die at the end i would not be surprised if this like so if a couple of things happen but perhaps not, not not all but or some some combination thereof so either everyone who died comes back who who died at the end who turns to ash comes back but at some profound cost to the original team and i think they all remember so i don't think it's just like 
what happened? I think it's a, we died and then now we're back again. But at what cost? No, you're not far off because uh, when they were talking about the Spider-Man sequel, it takes place like minutes after Avengers 4. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so uh, my my Reddit Chan, 4chan-ness. All right, slow down on the spoilers for everything. (laughs) <laughs> no, it just they, they said that home, like Homecoming yeah. two is the the one that kicks off Phase four or whatever, and yeah. I I think it's probably more like um, it's what I texted you guys the other day. I think they all remember they know the the real consequences of what it means to be a hero. Like mm-hmm. like really truly, you, you know, up until this point, there's never been like a consequence to like s- jumping on the grenade. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and now there is. And uh, so today when I watched the movie in in the theater, when Tony gets stabbed with the uh, uh-huh. the thing, there were people in the theater that audibly said, oh, my gosh, like I gasped out loud. I, th- I thought he was going to die. I thought I, he was going to die, too, the first time. It's I crazy. I was crushed. I was yeah. crushed because I was like, oh, no, he needs like I want I want Tony to I'm OK with him having a tragic ending, but not without the win. But and and that's that's like the first time that it's really connected, like a serious injury to a major character, right? Like mm-hmm. Quicksilver died, but like he was introduced in the same movie. Tony and Tony was known by Thanos. Like, how does Thanos just Thanos, this guy who's like a supreme buff dude in the universe, mm-hmm. know about Tony Stark and then mortally wounds him oh jonathan they answer that in the movie because he too is cursed with knowledge duh (laughs) solves all questions right there so is dr strange and his hands are still you know up yeah yeah Uh, the president should not use language like (laughs) up (laughs) messed up when i saw the scene um with tony getting stabbed it, it the effect of it really hit me on the second time uh or or really honestly the third time I watched the movie because that looks like it's going to be a big turning point mm-hmm. because Thanos just starts beating the hell out of everyone and winning when he's on Titan yeah. and then Tony does this like all out and this is where you get to see the full power of his new nano suit where he, which is awesome. Which is so great. They did such a good job with it. Like I wish I almost mm-hmm. wish you could have spent some time like understanding it a little bit more. But like yeah. like each step, I mean he 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 turns his feet into these powerful things that, you know, smack or like lock onto his leg and then he turns his fists into this huge like cannon ram thing and the like he's yeah. doing everything he can in that moment to just hurt him and then Thanos is like, "Oh, all that for just one drop of blood." And um, and then when Tony's fighting him, right, he's summoning up the nano from his feet, from his legs, just to, to move get, to his arms. Yeah, just so he can fire another pulse blast, do whatever, and then finally just just stab the dude. Like I am all out of everything else. I'm just gonna stab mm-hmm. you, and it's just mm-hmm. turned around immediately, like instantly turned around, and used to 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 kill him, you know, or to try to kill him. I think that's also why, like, you know, and, and I was texting you about this, like. I think that this is going to be the deconstruction of who Tony Stark is, right? Like, so the first Iron Man film was awesome in the sense that it introduced, introduces a character who is arrogant, who is on top of the world for a better sense. Like he doesn't need anything. 
but is deconstructed to the most basic thing. And then over the course of the past 10 years, I, I mean, like, honestly, like, yeah, you, you want to say like Avengers one, like he has to fly the nuke in, that's his grenade moment or uh, Ultron, like he creates Ultron and it backfires. Uh, they've never really been faced with something that they had to sacrifice, um, truly sacrifice themselves. And I think losing, uh, th- this is why Peter Parker as it stands in the MCU is the best iteration of Peter Parker that we will ever get. I- I'm, I'm, I'm even more convinced after the second viewing, like it is, it is like the little kid in me is amazed at how well it translates to who I understand Spider-Man is when Tom Holland mm. is Spider-Man because that, that scene where he's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And Tony feels responsible. And earlier in the movie, Peter Parker jokes, he says, well, you know, if you really want to get down to it, I'm only here because like you created the suit and it's super intuitive. And, and that fully plays itself out when Tony's like, okay, stay. And Peter Parker dies. Mm-hmm. Not that he could do anything about it, but like Tony doesn't say a single line after that. Like he's done. It's just him and Nebula or, mm-hmm. you know, like they're stuck on Titan. I, I he, think he's done. And he has the ashes of, of Peter on his hands. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, like, which is really like, holy crap, that's some dark shit right there. <laughs> like, it's, it's super dark. Like, it's he, I breathed like, him in. I breathed him in. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a big deep breath right when he ashed out. Oh gosh. <laughs> Did I cheap in that moment? I'm sorry, guys. Too yeah, no, no, no. You didn't cheap in that moment because the Russo brothers also included in the collector scene, which I didn't know this was a thing. I don't know if you guys know this is a thing, yeah. but the Arrested Development. development. One hundred percent. I watched that today on uh, a YouTube video. That what, what's his, the Blue Man Group? He's all blue. blue. Uh-huh. He's in there, and it says, and it, it, the end credits credit the uh, Arrested Development Tobias, for letting him use a music. Tobias Fuke. Yeah, yeah. It was so <laughs> funny. I saw it on the screen. I was like, oh, there it is. And then there's another scene. It's right before he tells them, you know, you go right, you both go to the right, I'll go to the left, and they're like standing right near him. <laughs> But, I love it. I love it, dude. But they don't. So, say, I don't think they say who the character was that actually played him. I don't, I don't think it was the original guy. No, it, no, yeah, no prob- it wasn't. So um, funny though. David Cross is just stuck in a booth. Um, <laughs> He's in a glass yeah. case of emotion, Luke. <laughs> awesome. Like I, I think kind of really. Jonathan. What, what? One of the things that I've been wrestling is is your like earlier points. Like, what did these characters go through? And, like, they just saw half of their team in the universe die. I don't know. Um, it's so, it's, uh, and I, I, I just wish that we, I, I'm, I, I get kind of annoyed with a lot of the commentary out there that's just so stuck. I'm like, but you know, it doesn't, like, I don't know, mean anything. I'm, and I just think, like, go back to that, like, line at the end where, like, he just goes, oh, God. And he just looks so helpless and just, it's, I don't know. It's in, def- in defense of, of those people like I'm, I'm right there with you like i want to experience this movie as a movie you know like what it offers me take it in because i've been wanting to have this movie for years now but there is this notion of where like you know how hollywood and in most cases does its thing where there is a fourth avengers it's not going to be five guys plus ant-man and wasp 
finally taking down Thanos. You know, there has to be more than that. And you know you didn't lose Spider-Man because of, you know, like, I mean, it, I know it's hard to separate out. That's why I don't like hearing spoilers. I'm I'm done watching trailers. I saw the first trailer for this movie, none of the others, and then I went back after the movie and watched all the trailers for it, and I'm like, this would have ruined so oh, much yeah. of the movie for me. How was that for you? What? <laughs> Like, just, like, having to see only one of other trailers. Oh, I mean, even the trailer I saw was super spoilery, but um, I, I I thought that was... If I could have gone into the movie without that trailer, I would have liked it ten times more. Well, I, you know, I don't... Um, dude, I mean, you guys know me. Like, I... You're, you're Captain Spoiler. I'm I'm Captain Spoiler, and it... And, <laughs> That's what we used to call you in college. Here comes John, the Captain Spoiler. <laughs> Don't ask him about this thing because he's going to ruin it for you. Um, it, it, the joke core kills Rachel. What? It, it, <laughs> only, it, it only like enhanced it for me in the sense that like uh, you, you have to be look. Here, we we don't want to do this because we're Christians and we we don't want to like we're Christian people. We don't want to compartmentalize. But like when you come to like art, you have to comp- compartmentalize. And yeah, we know there's going to be no shit. Dude, Black Panther 2, like, how great was Black Panther? How great was Spider-Man Homecoming? Like, yeah. we know that those things are in the docket, and Captain Marvel's coming up, and all these other things, but it, there's one side of it where it can take away from the experience, and there's another side where, like, you you know what the outcome is, but, like, still feel yeah. what is what is happening here in the now, and that is, and this is what I loved about the movie, and, and really, truly, what I thought uh, it it translates for us as a spoiler culture heavy population. Like we all we all know Spider Man's gonna be back. We all know Spider Man's not dead. We all know Black Panther is surely not dead. And and yet, you, if you're entering into the moment, you and you can feel that there's a weightiness to it. And uh, there, there's not been a weightiness to any other iteration of a mcu movie to date that has matched this weightiness and and it's partly because we don't know what the title of the next movie is we don't yeah. know we don't know exactly how they're gonna fix it we know that they probably we know they will fix it <laughs> because these movies are set up like they, they mm-hmm. want to make money off of it mm-hmm. you know yeah. but we don't know how and we are genuinely, for the first time, shocked at the ending of yeah. an MCU movie. Yeah. I want to bring up something, Luke, that I think continues from Civil War to this movie. And mm-hmm. I think there is this element of vindication of Captain America's position in Civil War about we don't mm. trade lives. Right? I think that's, uh. that's the Captain America theme, that he's not going to trade the innocence of his the innocence of his best friend Bucky for anything, mm-hmm. for the Sokovia Accords, for the Avengers sticking together, and Tony is willing to trade Bucky's seemingly guilty life, even if it's a brainwashed guilt, he's willing to trade his life. And I think that this movie, in a way, with the whole vision in Captain America, quasi-Nomad, Nomad was the post-Captain America, Steve Rogers, um, I, th- I think Captain America was totally a secret Avenger, and that's going to set up the next MCU phases 
plural, but um, this notion that uh, that he was right and Avengers Infinity War is everyone's acting from Captain America's vantage point. Of it's like, yeah, even Vision, who's like, he uses the phrase collective good in Civil War. Like, don't you mm-hmm. understand that the needs of the collective good outweigh in individuals? But what he was saying was, we ought to let Bucky, an innocent man, get in prison, and Captain America wouldn't let him do that. So this notion that it's almost like in this Infinity War where there is this team, and the team is spread out now across the whole galaxy with Thor and Groot and Rocket in one place and, you know, the rest of the of the Guardians in another place with Tony and Spider-Man and the rest of the Avengers in Wakanda, that they're all doing this, right? And it's like the vision, like, gets the intensity of Captain America's thing. And the argument could be made the vision now has that level because of his relationship with with Wanda. What, like, what destroys innocence, right? Um Taxes. death um going through bad things and just having bad things happen to you and but but even but but i I would add just one quick yeah yes i would agree with that but like also uh cost you know a thing where you like you kind of understand what could have been what really could have been lost or what you really have to sacrifice in order to like do a thing so i think with um with Captain America, like his innocence is kind of gone. Even his, even the naivete, like, you know, so, uh, what does 100%, 100% like, no, no, totally. Like, uh, what does a war machine say to him in the beginning of civil war? You know, that is, uh, that is dangerously naive. This is a guy who you could have said that that's kind of true back, back then. Now it's not. He is beyond trying to contemplate these things. He knows where he stands. He knows what the cost is. But let me point out something to you is that War Machine, who was the, as far as I can tell, the first person to sign the Sokovia Accords, War Machine just court-martialed himself the moment he sees Captain America. Because I I think that's the big thing is like we can't, the Sokovia Accords actually are wrong now. And they're wrong for for all the reasons that Captain America was against them. Like, there is a world, a universe, where Captain America could have signed the Sokovia Accords. But within the context of Bucky, he's trading a life for this sense of the collective good. And they're they're war machines like, I just got myself a court-martial. You know, like, he was like, I'm done with all that. Like, you're right. I know the value of those things more than anyone else. You know, Mr. Secretary, whatever, uh, Ross, uh, and, and... uh, good goodbye. Swipe left, right? So <laughs> I do. Think, I do. You gain some weight. <laughs> no, I look. I I think, the, and this is why I'm more convinced than ever after watching it the second time through is that Captain America is the moral compass of yeah. everything, and so yeah, uh, he, he is going to be right and wrong in, in the sense that like he's going to be wrong. He's going to be right in the sense that. Um, He's going to take whatever action is necessary, which is why he's so heartbroken at the end of this movie. The hope is, and it's a weird and a dark hope, is that, uh, you know, in the first Avengers movie, if, if the, you know, like the Russo brothers have said, this is the culmination of like, it's a book. It's the end of a book. It's the end of a story. Uh, he, he starts that story by saying, I'm going to follow you to the end of the line. I can yeah. do this all day. Um, 
And then he tells Tony Stark, like, when when there's a grenade on the ground, are you going to be the guy who's going to jump on it? And in Captain America, the first Avenger, he's the guy who jumps on it. Yeah. I think Tony's finally at that point with the death of Peter Parker. Like, the death of Spider-Man has convinced Tony that he's wrong. And Tony still didn't call Captain America. It was Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. So, Avengers 4, I could totally see a scenario where Tony is ready to jump on the grenade and and I missed this the first time around because I went to the bathroom because I pee like every 10 minutes um, <laughs> Steve you Rogers do. You totally I, did, do. <laughs> I do and I get the, I, and, and for some reason I still get like the big soda at the movies um, <laughs> That's Steve the Rogers AMDG tells, <laughs> tells uh, the hologram Captain Ross like the earth just lost her first defender and so we're here to fight. And if that means that you're here and standing in our way, we're going to fight through you too. So yeah. Steve still recognizes the primacy of Tony Stark in all of this in the same way that Dr. Strange does. Um, and Steve is not changing his mind. Like that is the civil right. war, Steve, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'll go through you. I'll go through my entire government because of this thing that we need to do. What I believe well, is right. Yeah. And he kind of already has because if you look at it, he's spray painted over like it's the same outfit from the previous films. It's just the star has been torn off. The other parts have been spray painted over. I don't think uh, it's spray painted. I think it's wear and tear, man. Yeah. Like really. he looks he looks so defeated throughout the entire movie. Yeah. In every it, movie with Captain America, he's like there's at least one point where he smiles and yeah. there are two things I noticed in the second viewing is number one, Hulk gets defeated in Fifteen punches, and number two. Please tell me you counted. Steve, I did count. <laughs> it's 15, 15 or sixteen punches, and he's taken an insane amount of punches. And number two, Steve Rogers doesn't smile until he sees Bucky in Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, it, it, it's it's interesting. I've heard a lot of, um, like I said, I've heard a lot of podcasts on this. People talk about how Chris Evans phoned it in because he's out of all of them, he's been the one who's been the most like, yeah, I'm done when it's done. Like I'm, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it, but it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to be this kind of an actor. Um, I don't think he phoned in at all. No. this film. Like, no, it, I think it, it was perfect. Yeah. And like, it's kind of weird. Like it's one of those things where like when, when people talk about um, films, I'm like, you realize everything is like a deliberate choice. Like this isn't like, like some of these things happening and the camera just happens to pick up like, you know, Steve Rogers reaction. That is storyboarded out way before the actors are there. And that's, um, you know, when it cuts to him, when it is, uh, when it is like vision and I think it's Bruce Banner yeah. talking and, you know, they don't, they show him, they show only him and he just is so quiet and he's deep in, I don't know if he's even really deep in thought as much as he is like, okay, I'm like, I don't, I know what I have to do. Well, I think it was more of like, um, Think, think about his, like, story arc, right? Like, of all of the characters that are in the MCU, he, he's probably had the most difficult story arc. <laughs> Lost, mm-hmm. you know, he's a scrawny kid, gets superpowers, whatever, is forced to do the show, loses his best friend, then defeats the villain but has to sacrifice himself, comes back to life, figures out that, the love of his life married another person. Um, and then after that figures out that his best friend is not dead, but is like an evil assassin 
then has to fight his new best friend, who is the Iron Man, and in defense of his old best friend, who he thought was dead, and dismantle the whole thing that he helped set up. I mean, Steve Rogers set up S.H.I.E.L.D., essentially. And it really um, is, like, legacy of the woman he loves. I, I believe we call her his best girl. His best girl. His best, his best girl. girl. Oh, yeah. They never got to dance. You know? And then, and then it ends girl. up with, you know, he's literally holding back the fist of the impossible and is still not able to do that. And once again, has to watch his best friend die. Like it's <laughs> yeah. really, a, it's, it's so dark, man. It's so dark. If you put it into the context of the whole and. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. do you guys think? Um, um, why don't we just kind of like go through a lot of the major characters? Like, where do you think Bruce Banner is during this film? After watching Ragnarok and then watching this, I, I I know it's not presidential, but like the Hulk is a little bitch. Like he doesn't want to come back because he got beat down in less moves than anyone he's ever fought. And the only reason technically that he won against Thor is because the Grandmaster stepped in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, stage fright. Do you think, so you buy into the fan theory that the reason why refused to come out even against the the children of thanos was because he got his ass handed to him completely yeah i i do and and i think i think like my second time viewing it like there's a scene towards the end where uh the hulk buster armor gets an arm ripped off and banner is arguing with hulk and hulk again says no i couldn't help but be reminded of my children when like i'm trying to reprimand them and they're just like no, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're you're being obstinate for yeah. just obstinate reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna say you, for obstinacy's sake, and that's such a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Hulk is just scared, and I think mm. I also think they're probably setting up a situation with like Avengers Four, where Hulk's gonna come through and wear the gauntlet. Do yeah, do something amazing with the gauntlet. I li- I like to think he's more fragile than they've let on up until this point. And the yeah. banter between Banner and Hulk is, I, I really appreciate because I thought it was awesome that, that Banner was like, I don't want to transform into the Hulk. And the Hulk still wants to be like taking over everything with Ragnarok. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, th- I think you bring up a really good point about Hulk kind of being a, a kid. Cause if you go back to the Ragnarok film, like, he kind of throws a fit with oh, Thor because yeah. Earth hates him. And then when Thor tries to like leave, he like freaks out and says, no, uh, stay yeah. like stay friend, stay like, yeah. Yeah. They totally make in Ragnarok. That was one of the things I was thinking about. They totally make Thor seem like a, uh, like an adolescent, you know, or, or even actually more like a child, like uh lady stay. And he throws the jawbone bed thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at already a keeper in the room and all that stuff and then he's mad so he throws all of his stuff against the wall and almost kills thor and thor's like you're being a big baby right and um when he runs to him inside the the quinjet and destroys the quinjet when thor's trying to get away he's uh-huh. like stop it he's like no thor no leave right like all of that stuff it really does paint him in a bad in a bad picture one of the interesting things was because fox owns the rights to silver surfer um in the original Infinity Gauntlet, it was it was Silver Surfer who comes crashing into the uh, Sanctum Sanctorum 
uh, through the window, and then they're like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Thanos, Thanos is coming," and I liked how it was. The interesting thing was, um, uh, what's his name? Heimdall said, "All fathers, give me the strength to summon the dark magic one last time." Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's one other mention in Thor. Thor. Thor does it too when he's about to open up the mechanism for the star. He says dark magic, or he just says all fathers. He says all fathers. Yeah, um, but there is this um, in one of the earlier Thor movies. It might have been in Thor one. Um, I think maybe it's when Odin is narrating the the Bifrost or something. They mention dark magic, and I think that's going to be something that comes into play as we go forward. Um, but I thought that was so weird because it was such a pronounced thing in the uh, in in Heimdall's death. Like, give me the mm-hmm. you know whatever. Um, that I I don't know I don't I don't know what like I, I watching it the third time I'm like looking for every little thing that stands out. Yeah, because yeah. you do know that there are deliberate decisions being made behind the scenes for everything for a movie like this. And the mm-hmm. Russo brothers have proved themselves to be really great stewards of the genre. Of that, of this and kind they, of movie. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so, I, oh, do, uh, like, w- with the Hulk stuff, I, I kind of, I, I, so I've only seen it twice. And upon my second viewing, I, I kind of asked the question, um, you know, there, there's, uh, Mark Ruffalo has said in, like, interviews, there's, there's a storyline that, yeah. that goes on between them. And, you know, I know the, the Fox merger and all that, like Fantastic Four and this and that and the other thing, like X-Men, if you will, have a piece to play in it. But does, does Banner – do Banner and Hulk come to a place of agreement of, like, how to work this out for the long term? Because Hulk thinks he won the fight against Thor. And Hulk refuses to come out. And, and the banter, like, for instance, I love the fact that Banner did get a little upset when Shuri was like, why didn't you do Vision this way? And he's like, because uh, we didn't think of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a reality check for Banner. Like, you're not the smartest person. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Shuri, Shuri is smarter. And, I mm-hmm. lo- and, and that's why I love Black Panther, too. Like, there was so many elements that were introduced that were subtle, but so deep and come to fruition in this, like Shuri is smarter than Banner and Stark and not as well known. I think that what she was doing with the soul gem, because it looked like she was finished or almost finished, almost finished. Yeah. Or the mind gem when she's working on him, because she's like, trying to do like these little five little rings around it and she's like swiping them away as quickly and yeah, I mean she might not have been done or whatever but it certainly seemed like whatever she was doing you know I, I, my hope is that it has re- massive repercussions for Avengers 4 because she's such a beloved character I mean she was both Chadwick Bosman as Black Panther and her were the breakout characters like everyone loved her her performance yeah, in, she was in awesome. Black Panther she's so funny she's Super mm-hmm. lighthearted the entire time, even when she's being serious. So, yeah. So is Vision is Vision alive? No, I think he's dead. I think he's dead. I, and I, but there's there's a precedence for him in the comics being black and white. Like yeah. it, he's he's the Vision without the emotional component, which is 
my like my biggest fault of the movie was number one the scarlet witch vision component like i don't really believe there's a romance there and number two even though i know the comic book history and number mm-hmm. two the we spent way too much time like crafting a hammer axe <laughs> i didn't mind that as much i so i didn't like breaker. peter dinklage's voice i was like your voice isn't that deep let's let's just stop that right now so yeah I luke when you when you got when you dropped off a of skype that's what we were talking about yeah <laughs> like why why not just use your real voice what are you talking <laughs> about i'm I a mean, secret giant know. dwarf i guess it's important because like uh you know the second time through I guess like Thor realize or is it Rocket? Rocket realizes there's a mold for like the Infinity Gauntlet, and so my my fear is that the Avengers create a gauntlet, and then now it's a race to like gather the stones from Thanos. Hey, uh, Whereas I, Iron I Man's like... worn it, Nebula's worn it. Uh, who else has worn it? Maybe I think the Hulk wore it and Captain America. Scarlet wore it. Scarlet Witch, or no, not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about something else that was amazing that I didn't see my first time around. Scarlet Witch was the best going toe to toe with Thanos when she was trying to break the the mind gem mm-hmm. and she turned she her hand back. Yeah. he had his hand in a fist, and after and he was struggling against everything that she was doing, and then he finally you know attacked her whatever knocked her down. After the gem, oh no, that's what it was. He didn't even do it. It was the gem detonated, no. um, and then he and then she went up and he threw her off or whatever. He hit her, but but when he did that, when that scene happened, he's like, <sighs> like he's panting. He's completely out of breath, mm-hmm. and it's all six stones. Yeah. Like he has every like you can see it in the gauntlet, which well, it, I feel like they they might they might. I hope they don't do this, but like for Avengers four. Like Thanos has regrets about yeah, his decision suck. making, especially yeah. with the Gamora tie, you know, mm-hmm. like, and and they made a point to identify it with him going to like the Soul Universe or Pocket yeah. Universe or whatever, like mm-hmm. Baby Gamora, like what did it cost? And he says everything, and then it's just him, like I. But didn't she ask him was it worth it? And he said yes. Mm. Because I don't know, the, the, I have to see the, it a third the, time. The thing, the thing about um, Thanos that I love, so they got rid of the whole he worships death in terms of he's like literally in love with like Lady Death, yeah, which is what the comic books are all about. Um, but for him, it's this notion of like he really is a death worshiper. Like that's his motivation. Like I'm going to make a paradise for everyone once i kill half of the you know universe's population but that's his whole thing his he has a religious fanaticism about this so he doesn't just have he doesn't just have soldiers he has the chitari who are like slave warriors and he has the sons of or the the children of thanos who belong to is it called the black order right yeah the black order yeah yeah. And so the, that that it's like this total like rejoice at the mercy of Lord Thanos. I love that. I, I thought too. that was, was I, so cool. The Mew, Black Mew, the Mew, Dark Mew, whatever his name was. I love. He was the best of the three. He was the one whose CGI looked the best. Mm-hmm. The woman's CGI did not look great, but I still liked her. 
the other two you're just like okay whatever you're just big scary monsters no pro- proximate midnight it was it, it was hard but uh coal obsidian and um whatever mew fantastic and there, there's a parallel like when they're fighting in new york and the mew guy gets like a a nick of blood on the head and then thanos gets a nick of blood and he says all that for a nick of blood uh, i think it's going to end with thanos dying but um i, I find it hard it's it, it's hard because like the fanaticism that you're talking about is it's in a sense it's justified that's what makes thanos such a compelling yeah. villain like mm-hmm. he tells gamora like you do you know what's happened after like i did that to your planet mm-hmm. every child has mm-hmm. grown up with a full belly and a full sunset and it's been amazing and and you you begin to see a picture but it's it's based in a reality that's like disordered and like not to be like preachy about it, but I think that's in a sense, like the, the, the Christianity that we live in, you know, like if, like, let's just say like you, you have the, the gauntlet, you have all the stones, like, do you just snap your fingers and make it Christendom, <laughs> you know, because that's not the answer. Like it doesn't solve the problem. Like there's no guarantee that, uh, mm-hmm just because he wiped out half the universe. Gamora says it perfectly. Like, do you, do you still know that that's the answer? Like you wipe out half the universe. He's the only one who knows. <laughs> Which that is was such his a, response. A stance, of, yeah. a stance of pride though. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't realize this, but in the very beginning of the movie, Thanos, um, he becomes a member of Planned Parenthood. <laughs> this is the this is the overpopulation uh, end game end of the line with the overpopulation. Well, no, I like I I just think that that's why I was so challenged by it because it's like just because my perspective seems justified and on paper seems correct doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Which is why I'm intrigued to see what Captain America's arc is going to fulfill itself in in a four mm-hmm. because because he is the moral compass and if they're saying that like captain marvel is the new captain america like I, i'm just excited to see like what is the moral basis for it because they really painted a picture in this that y- you know what like thanos isn't necessarily wrong and and that's compelling and 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 i struggle with that just as like a human person and m- maybe that's why i identify with thanos like the Avengers might be wrong in this. In I'm, terms I'm hoping of they... the genocide of half the universe. <laughs> no, like in terms You're of the fact that like president, you are. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> uh, in in terms of like the contrast is that Doctor Strange says, "I will not give up the time stone if it means your life or the boy's life," and then in the end, he gives up the time stone. And Thanos, there there's a degree of uh, truth where he's just like I'm going to do this and yeah. my fear is that he's going to say at the end of it I was wrong and then I don't snap think his he fingers will. I don't think he will because of the smile at the end when he really? looks at the yeah. sunset I don't think Thanos is going to go back at all I think he paid the ultimate price with Gamora he told Gamora it was worth it and he smi- he teleported himself to 
people think Gamora's homeland to look at a beautiful sunset. Yeah, and, that's what I thought too. Yeah, and uh, and just to see that sunset and you know, and he smiles like at the end, he breathes out and he's at peace. And it's he's very rational, so it, it's kind of yeah. like he doesn't kill unless he feels like he needs to. So I think when he yeah has a purpose, like, it's what yeah. we have in common. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> me and Thanos. Um, Gamer only kills <laughs> me and uh, old nutsack Thanos. <laughs> like you know, like like even with all of the like Avengers, like it would have been probably easier. He could have easily just like killed them all right there and just gone and grabbed it. But that's not how he operates. Like he just quietly gets them out of his way um, until he goes, "Oh, this is you know." And I, I think you're right when he finally he kind of has like a he's surprised by Captain America and then extremely surprised by Scarlet Witch, but. I thought it was so interesting that he just didn't wipe them all out. And I think it's a deliberate, it's not plot armor there. They gave him great motivation. I, I think they really, then they, they found then a again, great. He, he tells Tony, I hope they remember you. I hope they remember you. I thought that and... was like a, a dig at him. I didn't interpret it the same way you did. Like I'm going to wipe out half of Earth's population. I hope they remember you. Like, like this is the end of the line for you, buddy. You're not going anywhere. You're not going back home. I'm going to win. They're all half of them will die. So maybe yeah, but the he's, half that's he's left. With Nebula will... and a spaceship that the Guardians flew in to Titan on. Like they have a way out. True, but even if you know, even with all of that, like I, I think it's just like a half-hearted. Like I'm gonna, I, I will win. I will kill half of Earth's population. It's, it's a jab. It's yeah. a, like yeah. I'm gonna win no matter what. Like, I don't think he cares about, like, who, like, who lives or who dies as long as it's just half of the population. In fact, I don't think well, he wants to care. No, but he, he does care. So, like, again, this is why I think it, he's such an intriguing villain, because when he's talking about Titan, he says, you know, I approached them and I, I gave them a mapped out plan of uh, lower class, upper class, who's going to survive, who's not. And they thought I was mad for it. Which is so intriguing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Obviously, it's wrong. But he approached them and saying, look, I'm looking at the math. Uh, we're not going to be able to make it. And in order to make it, upper tier, lower tier, this is who has to survive. The rest have to be gone. Um, mm. they, they said no, and then they lost everything. Which is why I think it's so powerful that the that final battle with Thanos happens, or well, penultimate battle with Thanos happens on Titan, is that, you know, he wasn't necessarily wrong. His method, his methodology was wrong. Um, and and maybe there was another way, but well, his he was concern right. it. It is rooted in experience. Like, it's not like one of those weird things where it's like, we have to control the population because of the trees. Like, the dude was on a world who was that was actually overpopulated and drained of its resources. Now, it's not the the case that it's going to happen on every other planet, but he's, you know, he was on the one where, you know, I don't know. So we're. We're like really deep in, into we're what like an hour or so. Yeah, let's get hour. out of this because I'm going to tell you guys Sorry. funniest Debating. lines. Go. Uh, I am up, Steve Rogers. I'll, no, I'll one up you. Why is Gamora? <laughs> yeah. Why is Gamora? Gamora. 
Luke, what was yours? I am Steve Rogers. I love that. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> he even said it like all. He was so sincere. He was so sincere when he said that. <laughs> he's, he's like on, he's on a mission trip. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine. One of my favorites was when Rocket Raccoon says, um, "I'm gonna get that arm, <laughs> or I'm stealing that <laughs> arm." <laughs> How badass was the, was that moment? That made me so happy. I like jumped out of my seat. I was so happy. Yeah, and then and I, and my last one was when Thor shows up, sees Captain America, and they're both, like, kicking butt, and then he's like, good to have you back or whatever, and Thor goes, oh, I see you copied my beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really love the Guardian talk around Thor being an angel slash pirate. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> How Gamora was just, like, she was, like, T- she was touching like, his, his arm. <laughs> yeah. And I love how, like, the fact that, like, Chris Pratt was kind of chubby there. Oh yeah, and, man. Chris, and Chris Pat goes, "You will not take our <laughs> other ship." And then Rocket's just like, "Did you just change your voice?" He's like, "I did not." He like, did it again. <laughs> Mantis. Oh, she was yeah. great as comic relief oh, too. The second time viewing it, Drax saying, "I'm moving so slow you can't see me." Yeah, mm-hmm. I really laughed at that. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, what carried the biggest punch for you guys? What do you mean? Like, like what? Like what hurt you the most when you saw it? <sighs> Peter Parker. Mm. Oh, uh, second to that would be Tony flying on the spaceship, talking to Pepper. Oh yeah, that was a so good scene. A thing that I read was that the music that's playing in the background of that scene, and I and I read this thankfully before my second viewing. Um, is the music that's playing in the background when Steve Rogers is flying on the plane in Captain America First Avenger talking Ooh. to Peggy. Ooh. So it's like a callback, like Steve, like neither one of these guys is going to die. And, and unless you're like hyper attentive to the detail, you wouldn't notice that. But like I, I read that and it was true. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Uh, I think I probably got the most upset, to be honest, when Groot died and you just had like Rocket's reaction. It's just like, no. Oh, that was, that so, was, sad. I was, uh, like, oh, that was so sad. I'm crying over a raccoon being upset about his dead tree <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why, why does this keep happening to me? What's Rocket going to do now? I know. I don't know. Buddy up uh, with uh, either Thor or uh, good old uh, Winter Soldier, the White Wolf. White Wolf. No, White yeah. Wolf is dead. Oh, that's right. Damn, I forgot. Yeah, he was the, he was the first one to go. So him and um, last thing that I I want to say, we should probably do like a Patreon episode on some of the broader themes. But all of my face three themes were were in this film. So you had the whole God thing thing was so apparent. You had the whole community thing. With the, you had the colors, all of them. They were all there. And of course, the age old theme of family. Yeah, family really stood out to me today. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. of uh, in my third watching of all of them, real like taking ownership of one another, and Thanos like murdering his who all for all intents and purposes was emotionally to him his daughter, and yet he had another daughter that he tortured and discarded and didn't care about, and it's that that kind of like the craziness of Gamora. Lo- feeling sad that she killed Thanos, even though she hated him, that element of like, 
like having an abusive father that for some reason you still love and all of the kind of things that weave itself around that Tony trying to start a family. That's the first dialogue with Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. Like I had a dream that we had a kid, you know, it was felt so real. Let's do it. And Morgan is the name of the kid in the comic book. Um, and like all of these, uh, all of these themes, I feel like completely weave themselves through. But I think we all can acknowledge that Black Widow was the driving force of the whole movie. <laughs> and Falcon, Black Widow no. and Falcon. It was all about those two. No, Falcon. come on, though. She does have Black the... Widow. Black Widow and Okoye fighting Proxima Midnight. That was amazing. That's badass, was... dude. Yeah, but I mean, she does kind of like have the line that embodies like the whole film, where she's like, she's not gonna die alone or something. Yeah. So predictions for the future. I don't know if I want to do this with Jonathan in the room because I feel like he has broken into the Russo's apartment and he has stolen all their (laughs) scripts from their underwear drawer. So uh, my thought is Captain Scarlet Witch um, Falcon that they have all been underground fighting, but they've been with Nick Fury doing the secret wars, which will be the scrolls and the scrolls are an alien race that commonly fight the Kree. And uh, Captain Marvel, which is the next movie, is uh, she she is a superpowered Earthling, but with creep technology. And so I think that's how we step out even into the broader universe of Kree and Skrull. And the Skrulls are shape shifting uh, aliens that can that the whole Secret Wars comic book series is about them infiltrating even the Avengers and looking like the Avengers and all that stuff. So I think it's cool to see that kind of bridge already being built, I think, in Captain America and Scarlett Johansson and um, Falcon and all that. Oh, man. I I don't know if I want this to be out there um, officially, but on ledge, um, I think a majority of the people that we've grown accustomed to are scrolls. So uh, the, the original... Avengers, and there's a reason why the original Avengers are still alive at the end of this film, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like the end of an arc. Um, Chris Evans, uh, Hemsworth, all those guys, Downey said they're they're, you know, they want to get out before it it gets too convoluted. Um, I think Captain America sacrifices himself when Tony's ready to sacrifice himself. And then I think we have a, a few years before we see those characters again. Like they're done; they're they're off the table. Um, and then we find out that those characters that we grew to love were scrolls, and the real characters come back. And that's that's I mean that's kind of what happens in the comic books, right, like straight comic book, yeah, yeah. Like so, it's it, like it, they weren't really real. Do they know that they're fake? Yeah. They, yeah, they do, but they come back, and it's like uh, Steve Rogers when he first comes out of ice. He's, like, discombobulated. Like, what's going on? What's happening? When the reality is for everyone else, they've had this experience with uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. So so then is everything that – would that make everything they experienced in, in, in phase one to be fake? Um. Yes and no. Okay. Like it it is fake, but it's not like less real. Like it's fake in the sense that like you like with Captain Marvel, we're going to be introduced to Phil Coulson and Nick Fury before 
anything happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think like those people are going to be on ice in a sense. And I think Steve Rogers, well, man, see this, it sounds so crazy, but like the scroll ski, Steve Rogers is going to give himself to, uh, save everyone else. And the real Steve Rogers will appear like five years from now. Mm-hmm. So like, they if might that, not like sense. know that, that they're not real, but they're not. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Sure. Um, so I, I think you guys both had some cool insights. So I'll just add, I think that Avengers four and I have, and I have, I'm going to avoid all, all spoilers for so This is just my own thought. I think it takes place a couple of years after the events of Infinity War. Really? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I think it's. I think they're in. Break my heart. I think. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of time there. I think there's a. But okay, okay. Can you explain that a little more? So, like, how does so is Tony back on Earth? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know. Um, I I just think there's now. I do think like things could be set back to the way that it was before. Or people come back. So I think that, you know, if so, let's just take Peter, uh, like Peter Parker, like I think we'll come back and be in high school and all of his friends will still be in high school. Things will be will be um, set back. But I don't I don't know. I just think there will be some time. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be like and then the very next thing that happens. Let's go into like Avengers four. I think there's a bit of time here. So do you think that the people who died come back to life? I do, but I think that everyone's aware of what's happened. Okay. And they're all stuck inside the soul gem. You heard me say it here <laughs> first, folks. All right. This was uh, our Catching Foxes take. Jonathan, where can people find you online? Uh, they can't. Okay. <laughs> where can people donate to Adore Ministries? AdoreMinistries.com. Take that people that, that's it <laughs> that's it right there el yeah. presidente thank you for jumping in on yeah, this man. conversation i have to go to bed because it's 12 30 right now and i gotta get up no. in five hours to oh shoot god all right videos. go sleep um luke awesome where can people find you at the luke v and patreon.com slash cf and uh, you can find me at uh catching foxes.fm click the contact form i get all that stuff i share it with luke um, don't bother on Facebook anymore. I'm 99% done with that shizzled nizzle. So, uh, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, it's all, it's all trash to me now. So, yeah, uh, I've, real, I've, I've been off all that stuff this past week and did not miss it at all. I didn't, I didn't even mean to get off. Wait, let me rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. uh, That's always the case with you having rephrase it. <laughs> oh, my mother's been, wait, no, your mother's been, shit. <laughs> your mother okay well your mother's been telling stories about me again is what i was gonna say uh and it was really funny I'm like, damn it stop cut your ties move Great. on Great um, heart. yes uh but then i said my mother's been telling stories about you which would apply <laughs> my sexual innuendo okay so mm-hmm. uh yeah facebook sucks mark zuckerberg failed in front of congress ditch everything <laughs> ditch hey, everything but, but stupidville got a good name drop so we're good yeah now people are going to research us and find out about the whole me too thing anywho love <laughs> you guys bye bye yeah hey thanks for uh talking to me about all this I've yeah sure it was dying fun. yeah well i, I'm I feel so you bad i feel so bad for you buddy don't worry, I, we're I here. Could, I could probably talk at like two more hours oh, about no. all this. The, the whole time I was thinking, we just need to be at your house underneath the gazebo thing, drinking beer, and just talking about this. That's what this conversation yes. felt like to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, you yeah. have a good night. All right. All right.
Luke, stop your recording in three, two, one. Dude. Three, two, one. Boop. Drop it in the <laughs> drop it in the folder, bro. All right. Adios, Jonathan. Adios.